Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to a court of fairies and fangirls. I'm Alex. And I'm Sarah. And this is a Sarah J. Mass fan podcast where we are obsessed with her books and can't stop thinking about them or talking about them. So we figured why not record us thinking and talking about it. We're going to break down chapters, go through each book separately, go into character analysis and any thoughts or kind of theories that we have about books, characters, plots, etc. And maybe play some fun games along the way. Exactly. So welcome and enjoy. Shall we? Let's begin. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Um, this is episode nine. Mm-hmm. We're doing chapters 36 through 39, and we're calling this episode Never Again. Yes. Epic moment of this <laughs> chapter. Um, before we like go go in. Yeah. This set of chapters. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, when I was prepping for this, there was a moment where I was like, Richard, my husband, was out on a walk. And I was like, I swear to God, if he comes back during this and like ruins my (laughs) reading time, I'm going to be so mad. Luckily, he stayed away. But um, this was an enjoyable read in multiple ways. Yeah. There was a lot of good stuff in this A lot section. of good stuff. Like emotionally, mm-hmm. physically. Love it. Um, <laughs> do you have anything you want to add before we dive in? No, I think you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Chapter 36. I kept this summary short and sweet. Um, I said, Nesta happens to the kelp feet. Yeah. <laughs> I said, wow. So the mask can actually raise people from the dead. Like it actually does what people say Yikes. it does. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Um, and like Nesta controls the mask. It doesn't control her. I, that's so like, cause that was our fear. Power. Like yep. last week she literally puts it on and we're like, what? What's going to happen? Well, we find out. We found out. <laughs> yeah. At the very beginning of this chapter. So last week she slams the mask on. That's where it cut off. Mm-hmm. So we're at the beginning of this chapter and like the Kelpie is terrified. Yeah. It it's like a shock or fear it just like yep. looks at her and it's like oh no oh no and it's like if a creature like that is scared mm-hmm. you should be too <laughs> yeah that's a very scary moment um but nesta i thought it was so interesting as soon as she slims the mask on kind of everything else stripped away mm-hmm. like the fact that she needed to breathe that yep. she was in pain that she was afraid all of that just kind of went away which is creepy mm-hmm. but um what did you notice about this um she can like feel the dead all Ooh, around her creepy which is so gross and i thought it was interesting she said her blood was a cold song the mask a slithering echo to it whispering of all she might do home it seemed to sigh home Ooh. i was like what where's home for the mask and like what is yeah. like your blood is like singing for this mask like that's never a good thing no it is not no um there's this awesome quote where you know um so the kelpie is like freaking out she's in the water 
And she says, um, drifting in the water, the power of the mask and icy song through her, Nesta summoned the dead to do what her own body could not. Though she had fought back against Tomas, against the cauldron, against the king of Highburn, they had all happened to her. She had survived, but she had been helpless and afraid. Not today. Today, she would happen to him. Which is just like. I love that. Epic. So, so good. So good. And then she raises the freaking dead. And they attack the Kelpie. Yes. I just like. This This whole scene is straight out of a horror movie. Oh my gosh. It, like yes. we're still in a horror movie. <laughs> like the idea of this like hand just like grabbing the Kelpie. You're like. Ah! And yeah. she, she like talks about like the bits of like flesh just like still on. I'm like. SJM I did not need that detail. No. Didn't Mm-mm. need it. Um. But the Kelpie is, like, screaming and bucking against the dead, but it is helpless. Mm-hmm. And I, like, it's such, like, a powerful, exciting moment, but it's... Ugh, it's terrifying still. It's terrifying. Yeah. And then we kind of... So we pivot to Cassie and Az. Oh, And they're, like... Cassian is just screaming for her. Yeah. When we are in all caps and italics, I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, as is flying around, Cassian's, Mm -hmm. like, getting deeper and deeper into the water and just, like, looking and screaming. And they've got nothing. Like... Nothing. Cassian says, it says, he didn't know where to start in this blackness. If he continued to make much more noise, other things would come looking. But he had to find her or else he'd crumple up and die. And I was just like, oh, my God, Cassian. He's got it bad. Got it bad. And I just, oh, so emotional. You can tell how scared he is. Yeah. But Cassian sees, actually, as points it out, um, but he sees this, like, golden light shining through. The uh, black water. Right, which is, like, tar. It's not, <laughs> It's not like, clear black water. It is, like, solid black water. Yep. Um, and the the dead are rising a literal army is marching out of the bog <laughs> it reminds me of like lord of the rings yeah I it definitely like. gives me those vibes yeah <laughs> or honestly like twilight where it's like all the vampires like are walking <laughs> under the water and then they like start coming out it's like this vampire I army i forgot about that scene <laughs> oh my gosh no it is it is so scary and it says at one point um where is it was it do do Something about Azrael. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Azrael says, holy gods. And it, wait. He says, mother, save us. Oh, there it and is. And there's undiluted terror in his voice. Not awe. That was the thing I was trying yeah. to think. It's like, even Azrael, who it, like controls shadows. Right. And like, doesn't control death, but like is weirdly connected to death. He's terrified. Terrified. Yeah. There's no sense of awe. Huh. I mean, I would be too. And then Nesta is like queen of the dead over here and rises up with that mask on as well and um it says a kelpie's head dangled by its sheet of black hair torn up face frozen in a scream exactly as the king of hybern's head had hung from her hand she's just just she likes to decapitate people apparently you know what (laughs) efficient yes like doesn't change right you lose your head you're not coming back from that no so there we go that's so funny um but i liked so you know nesta is like wearing this mask she Mm -hmm. is i mean she is powerful so powerful and cassian is like he's saying he's thinking cold power rippled toward them and as it hit cassian let it surge past him around him yielded himself to it because to stand against it would to stand against it would be to provoke the mask's wrath to stand against it would be to stand against death itself 
death herself, which I just love that. Love it. And Asriel shook, weathering that primal power. But they were both Illyrian, whether As liked it or not. And so he did what their they did what their people had always done before death's beautiful face. They bowed. And That's I'm just interesting. I'm just I like I mean, I know they're Illyrian. Yeah. But I never like associate Illyrian and death together. Yeah. It's like they're warriors, and I guess war is like death is a part of war. Yeah. But in a way that they almost like respect it. Yeah. I thought it was a really interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Or like are ruled by it in a way. Because it's very yeah. much, it seems like, what do you bow to? Like a king. Yeah. A queen. Or a queen. <laughs> in this case, it's a queen of death. Um, but no, so that's so weird. Like it's yeah, I thought it interesting was... perspective on Illyrians. Yeah. So, but I just, I don't know. And it's also like they're bowing to Nesta, which is just always interesting too. (laughs) Um, And then Nesta just like peels the mask away. Yeah. Just like casually (laughs) takes it off. The dead collapse and she collapses too. Mm -hmm. And they kind of grab her and are like, we out of here. Yeah. And she just like, she's shaking and then she passes out. Yep. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's intense. Yeah. But like. Very glad Nesta's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we enter chapter 37, which is the longest freaking chapter. It was like 20-something pages. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, SJM, this chapter could have totally be split. It should have been split. Especially when you've got all the sexy time. It's like that could There be... should have been a sexy time chapter yes. on its own. But mm-hmm. alas. Um, so the summary is very long because it's 20 pages long. Yeah. So um, at the Court of Nightmares, the Inner Circle learns what happened and comes up with a plan to deal with the mask and the Autumn Court soldiers. Nesta recovers from her ordeal in Cassian's arms. Mm. What were your thoughts? I said long chapter. Long. <laughs> I was like, but we finally get the smudge. Yes. And this, like, it felt like a different level of smut. Uh, yeah. I was questioning. I was, I wish I could do like a, a half a chili spice. I was like, this is like a four and a half. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's not five, but I felt like it was. Yeah. I feel like I've read. Smuttier. Smuttier. But it was like. Pretty. I, I settled with four. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, but I was like, I feel like I it should get like a quarter or like a half. Yeah, like it's not just a four, but yeah. Well, and I think even just like comparing this with like chapter fifty-five. Yeah, it was. It's different. They're it's very like, different. It's both. Both of them are sex. Yes, and yet they're so different. They're so. I, I feel different. like this is like a primal, raw, aggressive yes. version, whereas like Farrah and Reese, the first time they have sex, it's like they're mates. Yeah. So. It's more emotional, relationshipy Maybe. kind of sex. That's true because this is just sex. This is just sex, <laughs> as we've been clearly told multiple times. Yes. Good lord. Um. Okay, but the chapter starts out mm-hmm. in the Court of Nightmares dungeon, basically, which is so creepy. I love this description of it, though. Yes. Um. It's like it says there was a place in the Court of Nightmares where even Kier and his elite squadron of Darkbringers did not dare tread. Once the Night Court's enemies entered that place, they did not come out. Not alive, anyway. And you're like, okay. Yeah, like, I didn't know we had a torture room. Torture room. But you know what I will say is, I know I spend more time on, like, TikTok than you. So I'm, like, plugged into, like, the TikTok fan fiction side. This is, there's a lot of Asriel fan fiction out there that involves this space. I could see that. <laughs> I could Where definitely see that. it's like, oh, no, Asriel took me to the torture chamber. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny but so so it was it was fun getting the description of the place that so many people fantasize about also yeah but it's a circular room and it's got a pit in the middle and there's Mm -hmm. like creatures down there (laughs) so scary but 
they're saying that these like beasts are terrible and they eat like once every 10 years. <laughs> I was like, what? How do they eat alive? I don't like, they've know. learned to hibernate in between killings. That's, I mean, that's good to know, but also it's just, it makes me think of like Jabba the Hutt in Star Wars, which <laughs> I know you're not a Star Wars person, but like makes me think about his little pit. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I also think it's such a funny like dichotomy with like the court of dreams and the court of nightmares. Cause mm-hmm. we so often associate our bat boys, right. with the court of dreams. We're like, they are not court of nightmares. They are separate from court of nightmares. Yes. And yet they have a torture chamber yeah. that they use that the court of nightmares is scared of. Yeah. So I'm also just kind of like, but you're also the court of night. Like, I don't think we can ever fully separate the night court between the two, even though mm-hmm. these two places feel so different. Because I feel like this inner circle really dances the line between the two. They do. Especially as. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we're there. And it's Reese, Farah, As, Cassian, and Amryn. Um, mm-hmm. And they're basically getting As to torture those two autumn court soldiers yeah. to try to get information. Um, but, but apparently it was like light torture. Yeah. <laughs> They'd only been doing it for a few minutes, but they're not getting in any information out of these guys. They're basically mm-hmm. just like rabid dogs. They only want violence. Yeah. They're not like, they understand that they're being cut and tortured and it's like painful, but they're not even like, Oh my gosh, stop. Or yeah. like trying to give information. They're just completely unaware. They're just violence is their only yeah. thought. Well, and I, I thought it was interesting that Feyre was in the torture chamber with them. I did, too. So I was like, Feyre? You, yeah. I, you know, hi, lady. Like, I guess that's it. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was funny how she was like, you can't torture them if it's because they're not in the right state of mind. Right. And the boys are like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel like she, like, wants them to feel bad about what yeah. they Because it's like, hello, like, these guys are not conscious. They're right. not torturing like, them is not going to do anything literally nothing yeah it's not fair to them and so like no i just i appreciated farah's sweetheart I know. <laughs> in, the, in the torture chamber I know. I'm like i don't know why you're here but like i appreciate it there we go um but she tells them that they should bring helion in mm-hmm. to see if he can remove the spell so we'll see if that happens yeah and then they also talk about um with eris if mm-hmm. they should like tell him and so they're going to try to do a little bit more informational verification first yeah before doing that but they're going to try to do it as quickly as they can. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, we switch up. We go to where... The room with the mask is. Yes. We go to where the room with the mask is. And apparently the mask had been put in one room and Nesta had been put in another room, passed mm-hmm. out. But they have found each other and now they are in the same room together. And they shouldn't have because Reese, like, he spelled the crap out of this mask room and nobody should have been allowed in. And yet... The door is just wide open, and Nesta's just chilling in there. Yeah, I, I, so the, her response being the door was open just yeah. was, like, funny to me. I'm like, what? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it should not have been. Yeah, but apparently, like, the she said that the mask called to her, and mm-hmm. the door just opened when she got there. Yeah. Uh, so at one point, Feyre asks if the mask, like, speaks to her, and Amran jumps in, and she says, only a desperate fool would don that mask. You're lucky to have been able to pry it from your face. Most of those who have worn it could never remove it. In order to sever it, they had to be beheaded. It's the cost of the power. You can raise an army from the dead to conquer the world, but you can never be free of the mask. And so apparently it's a very big deal that Nesta was able to, to just take, it, take off. it off. Yeah. She said, I wished it to let go, and it did. 
And so we come back to our classic like calls to like mm-hmm. catchphrase for this book. Yep. Um, and apparently, you know, I just I liked how Reese phrased it. He said, others could not free themselves because the mask did not recognize their power. The mask rode them, not the other way around. Only one made from the same dark source can wear the mask and not be ruled by it. Mm-hmm. So that's why. Yeah. Nesta is can wield it. In theory, like Elaine could wield it, but also Brie Allen. Yep. Could wield it. That's the fear. Yeah. So they're like, well, did she send these autumn court soldiers to the bog to get the Mm -hmm. mask? Question mark. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. Um, and then Farah says that maybe Nessa could do a spell to lock the mask in the room, Mm -hmm. which I thought was that's actually a smart idea since she seems to have more control over it. And she says I don't know how to do those spells. I failed at the most basic of them while training with Amran, remember? And Farah said, is that what you think, Nesta, that you failed? Mm. Mm. She says, caught that real quick. I know. And it says, Nesta straightened and Cassian's chest tightened at the wall that rose in her eyes, brick by brick, at the truth Nesta had let slip with that one word. <laughs> I'm just like, why are you oh, just like talk about it you're like you're right there it's like you're standing at the edge and you're like just take the step like don't don't build up the wall again (sighs) yeah but um and so she but she does say she like i'm willing like i'm willing to try and so reese says when helion gets here like we'll have him teach you some stuff and hopefully that will work yeah um but i do think it was sweet like cassian like clearly is like reacting to Mm -hmm. her and trying to make sure she's okay and like smiling at her and Reese says to him, mind to mind, you wear your heart for all to see, brother. It's like mm. they can all tell. And it's just, I don't know, that makes me sad. I know. Unrequited. Yes. Um, and then Cassian is asking Nesta kind of like what happened that the Kelpie got her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says that she was worried that they were both dead, basically. Right. But he realizes how much emphasis she's meaning, like putting on that both of them and he's like i know you you're just meaning me like you thought i was dead yeah um and i do want to shout out to our long-winded little rant we had last week (laughs) about how long is an appropriate amount of time we find out 30 30 minutes minutes. 30 (laughs) minutes and he's like i was only on 30 minutes like i mean 30 minutes is a long time 30 minutes is a long time yeah i give her that i know and cassian didn't say like he's like i'll be back in a minute like or i'll be back soon it was like you should have been like hey it might take a few minutes don't worry like Give us an yeah. hour and then start worrying. I don't know. 30 minutes is a really long time. It is. And I don't, it's not like they have watches. You know no, what I mean? I'm like, the, sometimes they say things in these books, like around time, yeah. like, oh, we'll meet at noon or something. And I'm like, you don't have clocks. I know. I was like, how do you know how long it was? How do you know it was 30 minutes, Cassie? Yeah. Are you watching the sun? Like, so that was my, I just needed to shout that out. Yeah. No, I totally wrote in like, I was like 30 yeah. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but so anyway, so Nessa says that the Kelpie spoke to her mm-hmm. um, and Reese asks her to kind of like show him like what what she heard. Um, and apparently it's a dialect of ancient Fae from 15,000 years ago. Not. Okay. Yeah. I was like, thanks, Amran. Because so she shows Reese and then Reese shows Amran because mm-hmm. Amran is all knowing, of course. Um, well, she's just old AF. Yes. That too. <laughs> Uh, but apparently the Kelpie said, because Amran translates for us, she said, are you my sacrifice, sweet flesh? How pale and young you are. 
Tell me, are they resuming the sacrifices to the waters once more? No gods can save you. I shall take you, little beauty, and you shall be my bride before you are my supper. Mm-mm. I just, mm, I feel like it's almost worse to know what he's saying. <laughs> like, if like it's it like is. this weird, creepy language, you're like, oh, yeah. okay, you creep. But to yeah, know it's that it's like, you're gonna, I'm gonna take you as my bride and then eat you. So creepy. No big deal. And also like sacrifices to the water again. Yep. What? Which yeah. they kind of reference. They're like, oh yeah, people used to make sacrifices to keep the Kelpies away. Which, I mean. It's not it's understandable, <laughs> but like. Terrible, but. Terrible, yeah. Uh, but anywho. No, so we got that great history lesson on Kelpies. Talked a little bit more about the masks and like how, like she said she was trying to reach for her power. Mm-hmm. And the mask answered instead, which I think is so interesting. So that means like the mask and her power. They are connected. They are connected. But I mean, it makes sense if they're all from like the cauldron, the that power source. Yep. So. And that kind of wraps it up in terms of conversations with them, right? Yeah. She's basically, she's going to stay at the house tonight. Yep. Um, atop the Hewn City. Um, Which this is totally the room Feyre was in, Okay. Right? That's what I was wondering. I was like, I, I thought she stayed at the House of Wind. Like, I never. No, because she spent one night at the, because you remember before she went to Valaris? Yeah. No, I remember that, but I wasn't, I assumed it was the House of Wind. Because you. You know, the House of Wind is so far back from Valaris. I just assumed that, like, that's where Reese oh, was. I feel like they've talked about how through the windows you see Valaris from the House of Wind. It's oh, I guess like that's over true. It. Yeah. So Reese at the time was protecting yeah. Valaris. Okay, that makes more sense. So this is totally the room. Because when I heard that bathtub description, I, know, I, was, I was like, like that was Farrah's bathtub. bathtub. <laughs> I do too. I was like, I think this is the room. But then I was, yeah, I wasn't sure. I was like, why would Reese have brought her to the house above the hewn city like because that's the court of nightmares that's the court they all knew yeah true but no as soon as we she's like the description of this bath is going i made a note i said we love this bath yes <laughs> i'm like hello uh, i still want to bathe in you <laughs> yes um and that's just taking like a nice long bath to mm-hmm. like decompress wash off that bog oh yeah wash off that kelpie <laughs> all the things mm-hmm um, what are you noticing? Um, basically, like the the half of the page is like her experiencing her experience talking about like the mask's power. Um, I literally wrote the whole thing down. I felt like it was like <laughs> yeah, it was so good that it was just like understanding where she was coming from was such an interesting perspective. Like it's one of the few times where I'm like, that's how you see things. Like that's yeah. so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Do you want to read it? Do you, you want me read to read the it? Page. You right. read your page, girl. Okay. So here we go. Sorry, listeners. You got a long-winded quote, but I just, <laughs> it's such a good perspective into how Nesta thinks about things I that I thought it was really important. Um, she had never experienced anything like the mask's power. The Kelpie at least had felt real. Her terror and anger and desperation had all been human, ordinary feelings, which I think it's interesting that she's referencing human feelings versus mm. like feelings you know no, that's a good call out um yeah so they'd all been human ordinary feelings as soon as she donned the mask those feelings had vanished she had become more had become something that did not need air to breathe something that did not understand hate or love or fear or grief it had scared her more than anything else the utter lack of feeling how good it had felt to be so removed she hadn't confessed it to any of them she'd been contemplating the mask when they had found her in its room contemplating that void wondering whether anyone had ever donned the mask not to raise the dead, but to simply stop being inside their own minds. 
She had been aware, yes, had killed the Kelpie because she'd wished it dead. But all the weight, the echoing thoughts, the hatred and guilt that sliced her like knives, they had vanished. And it had been so seductive, so freeing and lovely, that she'd known the mask had to be destroyed, if only to save herself from it. But it could not be destroyed, and she was the sole person who might contain it. Never mind that, for the same reason, she'd be the sole person with access to it. Everyone else would be safe from its temptation and power, except for her, the one who most needed to be barred from it. Like, how crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I truly appreciate Nesta in this moment. Yeah. Like, the struggle that she has to deal with that nobody else has to deal with. Yeah. It's like, she just wants to not think and not feel all these terrible things. And it's like, this gave mm-hmm. her that. But it's also the worst thing ever. Yep. Like, and you can't destroy it. Yeah. So you are literally tempted forever. Like, yeah. how unfair for her. Yeah, this was like a picture of like addiction to me yeah. or like this the potential start of an addictive cycle when right. someone is like so pain so much in so much pain mm-hmm. and they find something that frees them of that pain it's like like this is why addiction happens people yeah. are like i just need to be free of this pain again yeah and they keep going back to it so mm-hmm. i think it's really self like self-aware of nesta to yeah. be processing it in this way because mm-hmm. a lot of people wouldn't process it they no. would just be like i just need to not feel again yeah um so i think just her processing it in Mm -hmm. this way is a good sign towards um growth growth and how she might handle it and hopefully not go back to it Mm -hmm. but it's definitely hard yeah and even just the fact that she realizes like because of how good it felt she needs to not do it again like she needs to destroy it or do something where she's Mm -hmm. not tempted to it so i really thought that was very self-reflective and very good on her yeah Strong self-awareness there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Cassie comes in, mm-hmm. bringing her dinner, and finds her in the bathtub. Yep. And this whole interaction just, oh, just, like, kind of killed me. So she's obviously, like, feeling herself. Mm-hmm. I think she's, like, well, she's, no, here's this quote. So she keeps moving towards him, and um, there's a quote of, in her, of her, like, thought. She said, yes, her body seemed to say this, him. Life to drive away the mask. Life to drive away the horror of Urid. The need to touch him, feel his warmth and strength pounded through her. It's like it's she has spent the day with death. Mm-hmm. And now she's searching for life. And yeah. that is Cassian. Cassian before her. Um, what do you notice about this interaction? I just love it. She just like walks out of the bathtub. It's like step <laughs> by step. And he is just like eating it up, like yep. loving this. Yep. But I do appreciate like he tries to keep his eyes like up when she like steps out. Cause he's like, she's yep. like only a warrior with like so many years of training could have done yeah. this. Like eye contact, eye contact. I just love it. But it's, oh, it kills me. It's I like know. he walks, she walks up to him and she says like, just sex and he says right just sex and she tells him there could be nothing more than sex cassian which like why 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 but his his response he says then i'll take whatever you offer me and i'll take you however you wish me to Mm. i like how she says and if i wish to take you he says then i'll beg you to ride me into oblivion i love him so much so good um, and then we have the most delightful sex scene I think I've ever read. Yeah. This smut, is one smut, of smut. my, this is one of my favorite smutty it, chapters in the history of books I've read. Yeah. Cause I do think it's a great combination of mm-hmm. that, like more primal energy, yeah. but still like, 
romantic ish. Romantic ish. I don't know how to like it is not romantic in the same way like no chapter fifty five. But there is a romance to this Mm -hmm. that I just I know it is so good. It's so good. Um, let's see. Any favorite parts (laughs) that you want to call out? Um, I'm just. I mean, I love how sweet and thoughtful Cassian is Mm because it's like okay, we know he's huge. Yes. And <laughs> and like Nesta's like, no, I'm ready. I'm ready. And he's like, no, no. Like we're going slow. Yeah. And he's just like so aware of her and like trying to be sweet to her. Yeah. And I just love how like cognizant of her he is. I agree. I also love how talkative he is. Yes. He just has all the right words. Mm-hmm. Like we have, do you like seeing me kneel before you? We have the, I shouldn't enjoy seeing that so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Cassian. He does. He says all the right things. Oh, you say all the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, So delightful chef's kiss for chili spices. Yes. Um, And when it's all over, Cassian's like, just sex, right? And mm-hmm. she says, right. And then he just like gets up and gets dressed and says, thanks for the ride, Ness, and leaves. <laughs> and I'm dying over here this is like is he trying to punish me and honestly i'm like i think he I might think be trying so. to punish you because like he's when he says like that just sex in the beginning yep like there's like a glint in his eye that it's like she knows there's something more yes. that he's like thinking or wanting to say and it's yep like, we know he's into nesta we it's very he we, wears his heart on his sleeve yes we know it's not just sex that he yep. wants he wants nesta like yep. all of nesta and to be told just sex, I feel like is such a hard thing mm-hmm. when, for somebody that wants the relationship. Exactly. Like for them to like separate their feelings is very hard. It's so, extremely hard. So for him to like leave, I feel like he's doing his best to try to keep it to just sex like she wanted. Yes. Because otherwise, you know, he wants to cuddle and stayed, stay. It would not have been just sex. No. It wouldn't have been. No. But even still, I think for her, she's like, she thinks it's punishment because he didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Whereas a part of me is like, in the back of his brain, it's like, if all she wants is just sex, then... That's all she gets. That's all she gets. Yeah. Because she was like, I thought maybe a couple minutes of cuddling. <laughs> and it's like, okay, cuddling is not sex. It's not that's sex. The, that's the... The lovey... The lovey-dovey stuff. Yep. Yeah, so... Sorry, no. sister. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I just... Part of me was like, well, Nesta, maybe you need to reassess your just sex, like, wall. Yeah. And then you can have some cuddles. Mm-hmm. But um, just that whole chapter was so delightful. So good. All right, chapter 38? Yes. All right, summary. Nesta, Gwen, and Emery are back at training mindset on swordplay. Mm. Pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> what did you notice in this chapter? I love the mantra for Nesta and these women. The yes. never again. I th- Like, honestly, I think these four – is it four? Four or five chapters, however many it is. Mm-hmm. They're probably – at least as of right now, the best chapters of this book so far. I agree. Like, so good. Yep. Um, and I love this one. I'm yeah. not usually the feelsy person, but, you're like, not. this was so, like, impactful. Yeah, you're usually the, like, cheesy Valkyrie side of this book is <laughs> not at all your thing. It is not. Not at all. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just, I love the never again. Yeah. Um, at the beginning of chapter 38, I just, I could not help but laugh because it's like, girlfriends always know. Yes. We always know. Mm-hmm. And it starts off with the quote, you took him to your bed, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. So Emery and Gwen definitely figured out that Nesta had sex with Cassian. Even though Nesta is definitely not admitting it. No. But she's like, or they, they're they like, you you keep exchanging like sultry looks across the training <laughs> ground. Like, obviously you had sex. Like, we can tell. Also, mm-hmm. there's the whole smell factor. Like, yeah. Hello. Hello. Um, and Gwen kind of tells Nesta that she should try a Valkyrie technique called mind stilling, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. But basically, I mean, I it's feel like, like meditation. It's, it's self-explanatory, but, uh, the, the Valkyries, they had used it to study their minds and emotions. And it basically, it's an act of sitting and letting your mind go quiet. Mm-hmm. And let's see. So they are, they're doing a lot of gabbing. Yeah. The three of them while they're training between talking about Cassian and mind stilling. Mm-hmm. And Cassian is turning into trainer Cassian mm. mode. And he's giving them a lot of sass for gossiping and all of that. Yep. And so, like, did you, he's asking them, like, did you finish your sets? Do 15 more, like, that kind of stuff. And finally, Nesta, um, in her natural sassy self, uh, says, when do we get to do something of use? When do we start on archery or swords? And he says, you're the, he says, you think you're ready to handle a sword? And, of course, Emery and Gwen are cracking up. Yep. And she says, only you can tell me that. And now we're moving to swords. (laughs) The whole thing. The the innuendos. The innuendos are killing me. It's also just so high school to like it giggle is. at like, because Cassian's like <laughs> choke up on the shaft and they're all cracking up. Yes. And like, really? Like how childish are we? <laughs> I just, I love the three of them together. I do too. Because like, I mean, when you're like hanging out with your girlfriends in that way, like you are total, even we are 30. Everything's funny. Everything is funny. Yeah. Like. <laughs> That's how we're like when we're like we're you can't tell me you read that and you did not. Giggle. Oh, I giggled. <laughs> <laughs> so anywho, mm-hmm. but we're moving on to swords. Mm-hmm. How, how do you feel about this progression? <laughs> it's only been a month. I'm like, I, really? I wish you all could have seen Sarah's face. There's a serious <laughs> eye roll here, especially when Cassian tells us it takes him seven years before they can touch okay, a sword. But he was a kid. That's the difference there. They were training for all day, every day. Yeah, but I'm just saying you don't trust children with swords. Doesn't matter. With wooden swords. Wooden swords. <laughs> even wooden swords I wouldn't no, trust I, Seven years to one month, not even close. I Okay, I do think we need to take this perspective, though, as he started training as a child versus grown up. So, like, things take longer with children. I still, still, <laughs> it's too much. Too much. And it's, it's not real swords Nesta's dealing with today. It is wooden swords. Yes. She is taking that baby step. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I really liked uh, the quote. So, like, they're all, you know, joking around and yep. whatnot. And um, I just, like, he said, from the way Nesta's face turned grave, Cassian knew she was aware, too, that this moment with the priestesses watching was pivotal somehow, vital. Mm. So, I mean, they're just, like, center ring, and all the priestesses are Eyes watching. on them. Ugh. I love it. And Nessa like does so well. She does. She there's like eight moves that Cassian kind of showed her and mm-hmm. he's like calling out, you know, like strike one or block two or yep. whatever. And she's just like doing it. Yep. And getting really good at it. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's she says it felt good. It felt so, so good. And honestly, this whole thing reminded me. I know I've mentioned it before, but like. This is why I loved boxing so much. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, it's different than swordplay. Yep. But, like, to be doing an athletic thing where you're getting stronger, but you're also, like, like 
feeling like you can protect yourself with it. Yeah. It is the most freeing, empowering thing. And it, it feels so good. Like I read this chapter and I was like, I want to do boxing again. Cause this like, this is exactly how, obviously I have not had the trauma Nesta has, but this is like how I would feel when I would go there and I would learn the moves and I would be like hitting that bag and I would be so focused and mm-hmm. it just like, I don't know. It just hits the mark. I love, 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 love these kinds. I don't, I'm not a fight. I don't like fighting. Yeah. But like, I love these kinds of like fighting martial arts type things because I think mm-hmm. it's so empowering. Yeah. And this is exactly what Nesta and these priestesses need. And yes. it's just amazing. It is. Um, and just the quote. So, Ugh. so Nesta's like doing these moves and doing them super well. And she's thinking, and with each movement of the sword, each breath, a thought formed. It echoed with every inhale, every thrust and block. Never again. Never again would she be weak. Never again would she be at someone's mercy. Never again would she fail. Never again, never again, never again. I, I love, so love this mantra so much. It. So much. Amazing. So good. And like all the priestesses are just in awe. Like they it's like they are experiencing this too they're like seeing like i can be powerful like i don't ever need to fear for my life again yeah it's beautiful makes me so happy i know it says no fear shone in their eyes as if they too saw what cassian did as if they too heard those words within nesta's head and then emery and gwen walk up and grab swords yeah they're like and now it's our turn oh so good so good uh last chapter last chapter all right chapter 39 um i put nesta and gwen try mind stilling mm-hmm. what'd you notice i'm just so happy for nesta right now i know all she's the feels on a roll. for her yes she's like progressing in training and finally feeling like the freedom that she wants to feel for mind and body Ugh. So good. I know. Um, at the beginning of this chapter, we get a little, like, we get one more, like, run down the stairs, basically. Yeah. Get a little update there. And Nesta's now reaching the 6,000th step. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to say again, I would not want to climb back up those 6,000 stairs. No. At that point, I'm like, just keep walking the 4,000 down, girl. You don't want to go 6,000 up. I like, know. I could never get over that. But anyway. Yeah. But she feels like it's like set her free yeah. by doing all these exercises and like the sword training. It's so Ugh. good. It's so good. Um, And then let's see. So we have training again the next day. And I forget that the place they're training is like an open roof. Yeah. So it's raining mm-hmm. and they're all there ready to keep training in the rain and like new people are coming. And I just, I love that energy so I much. Know. And Gwen is wearing Illyrian leathers. Oh yeah, so like, she is. Like big stuff's happening. Yeah. Cause she's finally out of the robes for yeah. a moment. Mm-hmm. But um, I think like that display by Nesta, like it really drove home like what they're training for. Yep. And everybody just feels empowered. So I love that. I do too. And then there's so many numbers there that Cassian says, I think we need another tutor. Mm-hmm. And Asriel joins the yes. the team. I know, which is like, it's good and bad. And like, mm-hmm. I like that Cassian kind of realized it. So yeah. he, so Cassian winds up training Nesta, Gwen, and Emery. And right. then he sticks as with all the newcomers. But like, he's like, I didn't even think to ask all these people, like, are they okay with another male? And then yeah. Gwen especially, like, Asriel saved her yeah. from whatever the heck happened in Sangrava in Sangrava so because she keeps like kind of looking over at him and yeah Cassian's like oh my gosh like 
what if she's uncomfortable with him here? Right. So because I mean, he saved her, so it could be like a oh hero, right. or it could be like memories right. that are bad. And, mm-hmm. But it's like I like that Cassian realized his mistake. Yep. Right away. That's Granted, true. he doesn't really do anything about it because he's like, I mean, they all kind he of can't at this see, point. Right. He's like, they all <laughs> seem okay, but I just like that he's aware of it. Yep. And let's see. So training wraps up and Gwen and Nesta find themselves in the library. Mm-hmm. And Gwen brings up the mind stilling again. And they talk about giving it a try. Yep. And I just thought this inf- this like interaction was so funny. So Gwen says, I memorized the steps, so I'll lead us through it. And Nesta says, of course you did. <laughs> and Gwen goes, learning this is my job, you know. And she goes, you'd have memorized the information anyway. And it's just... It's such a friend interaction. It is. I'm like, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course you did. Yeah. Anywho. Because that's what you do. You're like, of, of, of course, course you, you would. Yeah. <laughs> How many times have we said that to each other? Of yes. course. So, mm-hmm. anywho. I just, I like seeing their friendship grow. Yes. And Gwen essentially just walks her through a, basically a meditation technique. Yeah. And Nesta's having a very hard time with it, which... Not surprising. Most people do. Meditation is, like, weirdly hard sometimes. Yeah. Well, it's just hard to keep your mind focused on nothing. Yeah. Which sounds dumb, but, like, it is. But it is. I have found I do my best meditation in the passenger seat of cars as mm-hmm. I'm, like, staring out the window. Yeah. That's the... Those are probably the only times I'm ever able to, like, truly think about nothing. Mm-hmm. Which is, I don't, that's just me. Yeah. But like, if you ask me to just like sit here, I would think of a million things. A million things. It's yeah. so hard. But um, Gwen gives her this technique of just saying like, you know, if a thought comes, you know, you just let it. You acknowledge it. You acknowledge and then you it. You let it go. Yes. And this is where one of the great quotes of this book comes from. Um, there you say, I am the rock against which the surf crashes. Your thoughts are the surf. Let them crash over you. Mm-hmm. And I know this is not your favorite quote, but I yeah. think within the context of meditation, this makes a lot of sense. It does. It really does. And like, I think I forgot the, the, context? the context of this quote. So I appreciated it more rereading this. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely did too. I thought it was just like, like when I was thinking back on this book, it was like a catchphrase type mm-hmm. thing. And I'm like, oh no, in connection to meditation. It actually has good meaning. It is very intentional. Yeah. So Nesta's like trying to clear her head and like a thought pops in about what would Elaine think to see Nesta with a friend? And she's like, why? Like, why am I thinking about Elaine? And like, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's amazing. Like the things that pop into your head when you're trying to clear your mind. Yeah. Like just stuff that's so subconscious just rises to the surface. Yeah. It's like, she misses Elaine. Like she does. So it's sad, but I'm sure Elaine would be super happy to see Nesta having friends. I think she would be Nesta doesn't necessarily think so i think did she say something along the lines of like you know she thinks like elaine would probably like warn them or was this a different time when that was i think that was earlier on okay Mm -hmm. but um so she has all these thoughts coming and then gwen says like when you finish your your next set of like 10 breaths stop counting your breaths and just let your mind do as it wishes we'll do that for a few heartbeats then stop and so she does her last 10 breaths and then she gets to the point where her mind just gets to wander to whatever. Mm-hmm. And she says, do as you want mind go drift into those dark, horrible places. So she's assuming it's going to be the way her mind is all the rest of the time, mm-hmm. but it didn't yeah. like instead it just lingered and it felt content and rested. She said like a cat curled at her feet. Mm-hmm. And I just, 
like the power of meditation. Yeah. Even when you think you're doing it horrible and wrong. It's still powerful. It's still powerful. Yeah. She said strange. So strange to find her body suddenly calmed, distant, like she'd somehow indeed been able to step back, let it rest and her mind. I love that. I know. And like the very end of this chapter, she like opens her eyes and she said, and for the first time in her life, she felt utterly settled in her own skin. <laughs> That's like, it's amazing, but it's so sad it's that so she's like, sad. she's what, like 24, 25. She's never felt settled in her own skin. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very happy for her that she's, she's progressed so much in these past like five yeah. chapters. So lots of good things. We've got good physical training, good mind training, good sexy time training, mm-hmm. all the training. <laughs> and I love it. Practice makes perfect. It does. Um, And that's it. Is there anything else you want to add? No, I think that's it. All right. Listeners, what did you think of these chats? Mm -hmm. We loved them. Yes. Do you have any thoughts you want to share? Mm. Um, Next week, we're going to do chapters 40 through 43. And more troves are coming in this Mm. next section. So be prepared for adventure. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Um, But we'll talk with you all next week. Bye. Bye thank you so much for listening to a court of fairies and fangirls a sarah j mass fan podcast please rate review and subscribe and let us know what you think you can find us on instagram at at fairies and fangirls jump in on the conversation and we look forward to chatting with you more next week bye bye